Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This summer, click into Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot and get after those outdoor projects with some serious cordless power from Ryobi. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. Leaves and debris are no match for the 40-volt power of the Ryobi leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Tidy up those flower beds and keep your walkways looking sharp with Ryobi's 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Yard work, done and done. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. Shop now at The Home Depot or homedepot.com. How doers get more done. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hello, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk About Myths, baby. Once again, this is the podcast where I, live weirdo, and lover of mythology, tell you all you need to know about Greek mythology. Last week, well, last week we covered Cadmus, my man Cadmus, founder of the kingdom of Thebes with his also-badass wife, Harmonia, and like I mentioned, the kingdom of Thebes had issues from then on, major troubles. The most major and the most famous trouble comes to us from the great tragedians. They wrote tragedies. Namely, Sophocles in his Theban Saga, which is a series of three dramatic plays featuring famous Thebans. I'm trying to give some background without spoiling here, and it's coming off vague more than anything else. The point is... Sophocles was a cool dude, and he's the reason we have these plays intact, and why this story has become what it is. Only three Greek tragedy playwrights, because I'm not going to try to say that word again, have remained over the millennia. We've lost any plays that existed from other playwrights, which there was sure to be so many. You know, the Greek scene in terms of plays and outdoor shows and everything was epic it was massive and we only have tragedies from three guys it's just like you know we get the paper gets lost or whatever it was written on or it's just crazy to think about how much 
existed that we don't have access to. Anyway, those that remain are Sophocles, Euripides, and Aeschylus. There are a couple other remaining ancient Greek playwrights, don't get me wrong, but they wrote comedy and so they don't fall under those big three. Aristophanes is an example. Also, it's possible I just wanted to say, say Aristophanes. We'll never know. All to say, this week's story comes from Sophocles. And it's Sophocles' play that is named for the main character of the forthcoming story, and so I won't spoil it. This is episode 8. Don't mess with the oracle. Just don't do it. Why would you do it? Our story begins when the kingdom of Thebes was usurped by a couple of troublemakers named Amphion and Zethus. The line of Cadmus was famous and revered, and so some Thebans who felt strongly about continuing on with his bloodline, they smuggled out the next in line, a young boy by the name of Laius. Laius was smuggled out just in time, too, because the usurpers then killed the current king and took the throne of Thebes for themselves. Laius, having escaped, was welcomed into the house of Pelops, a king in the Peloponnese. Now, this is where the concept of Xenia, that I've talked about a few times, comes in yet again. Pelops welcomed Laius into his home, and so they had that sacred guest-host relationship. I think I've mostly come at that concept from the other side, like where the host has to be super good to the guest, or they get in trouble, like no matter what that guest does, but it goes the other way as well. So... Laius has been welcomed into this house. He's still quite a young man at this point, and he meets King Pelops' son, Chrysippus. Now Laius, being older than Chrysippus, starts teaching him a bunch of stuff, but particularly how to drive a chariot. But it turns out that Laius is an awful person. Weird, I know. There are so few awful people in Greek mythology. Anyway, Laius kidnaps Chrysippus and rapes him. He carries him off and back to Thebes, where, by coincidence, Amphion and Zethus have died during his absence. So, bam, he's king. And Chrysippus is barely mentioned again, except that I think he gets back to his home at some point and then maybe is killed by his half-brothers because of the shame, or maybe kills himself because of also the shame. Because even male victims and rape are treated awfully, so... Equality, I guess? All to say, Laius is now king of Thebes, and he has a new and awful curse upon his house because of this whole, you know, he raped a guy while trying to teach him how to drive a chariot. See, it's because he broke the bond, the Xenia bond between him and Pelops when he, you know, kidnapped and raped his son. Who would have thought that that would cause so much trouble? So here we are, Laius is king of Thebes, he's an abductor and a rapist, but that's cool because he's heir to the throne of Thebes, you guys! Laius then marries a woman named Jocasta. Jocasta is a descendant of the Spartoi, which are those dudes that sprung from the ground when Cadmus planted his dragon teeth. It's both a cool and weird heritage, but it means that she's very pure in the eyes of Thebes. Now, after a bit of time, Laius and Jocasta have a son. Shortly after their son is born, Laius decides he's going to be an idiot and consult the oracle as to his and his son's fortune. 
because as we've learned and will continue to learn, this is a great idea and not asking for trouble at all. Not at all. So Lias heads to Delphi, which is a pretty long trek pre-cars, so it's a lot of effort to do this. God, it's they put in so much effort to go ask a woman sitting in a cave what they should do, and she definitely tries to fuck with them, and I respect her for it, but my god. It's, I just, I don't understand. I suppose that was their devotion, but my god. Anyway, he heads to Delphi, and he asks the oracle, what's up? The oracle says that obviously Lias is doomed to perish by the hand of his own son. Shucks! Now, don't you just wish you hadn't asked, Lias? But now, you know, he knows. So, Lias is threatened. Super threatened. Their son is just a baby right now, so he figures, you know, perfect time to do away with him. Because that's the one and only solution in ancient Greece. Kill the thing! So, Lias binds the baby's feet together, and he orders Jocasta to kill him. Because that's totally cool, you want to kill your kid, but don't have the balls to do it yourself, so you order your wife to do it, even though the oracle didn't say she's doomed to perish. Fuck you, Lias. I don't even like kids. Anyway, Jocasta can't do it, because, duh. But she's not super cool, because she does just then order a servant to kill the baby for her. The servant chooses to just expose the baby. Now, to expose someone in ancient Greece basically meant to kill them by tying them up so they can't get away and then just leaving them in the elements for them to freeze or be killed by animals. What have you. So that's what this servant does. Totally chill. It's a goddamn baby. But before he can be killed by the elements, the poor baby is found by a shepherd who takes him in, and then he's less of a poor baby, I guess. The shepherd takes him to the city of Corinth, and he names him, drumroll, Oedipus. Which means swollen feet, because the poor kid's feet were in really bad condition. Now, like I said, Oedipus is brought to Corinth by this shepherd. Now, there's some debate on the pronunciation of Oedipus. Oedipus, Oedipus... I don't know which one is technically right, but I've always been taught to say Oedipus, so here we go. The shepherd then gives Oedipus to the king of Corinth, Polybus, because he and his wife, Merope, didn't have children of their own. Now, I don't know if that's where J.K. Rowling got the name Merope, nor do I think it was probably pronounced like that in ancient Greek, but I know Deathly Hollows too well, so I'm going to pronounce it like that. Yes, I mean, I know the audiobook so well that that's how Stephen Fry pronounces it, and so I'm doing it. You're welcome. It's probably technically Merope, but that sounds silly. Anyway, Oedipus is raised by Polybus and Merope as if he were their own. They don't tell him that he was, you know, found left to die on a mountaintop, which I think is pretty nice of them, to be honest. But as Oedipus grows up, he starts hearing this rumor that he's not actually the son of Polybus and Merope. And of course, what does he do? Well, he thinks, I'll just go ask the Oracle if they're my parents, because that's an awesome idea and is certainly not to go horribly, horribly wrong. So Oedipus heads to the Oracle, just like stupid Laius had done before him. So he goes to the Oracle, and he asks her whether or not Polybus and Merope are in fact his parents. The oracle, though, basically just ignores this question entirely. 
Instead of answering this very basic question, she says he is destined to, quote, mate with his own mother and shed with his own hands the blood of his own sire. Translation. Oedipus, sorry dude, you're destined to have sex with your mom and then kill your dad. Bummer. Oedipus does not love this prediction. Weird. I know. And so he panics and he runs away from Corinth. And here's where a normal person goes, dude, weren't you just wondering if they were even your parents at all? Did you forget that entirely? Like... What if they're not your parents and you've just run from this destiny that involves your actual parents? You don't know where they are. You can just run straight to them. Spoilers. I'm sorry. But there is no one to question Oedipus on his logic. Oh, no. Instead, he's so concerned with what the Oracle tells him that he runs away from Corinth. And where does he run? Why, he picks the city of Thebes. So here he is, traveling to Thebes, minding his own business, when he encounters a king and his men on the road. They've both got chariots, and damned if that road isn't just isn't big enough for the both of them. They fight over whose chariot has the right of way, getting real mouthy about it. The king moves to hit that angry youth that is Oedipus, but before he can do it, Oedipus yanks him down from his chariot, and he dies instantly. I don't know quite... What? I mean, maybe he broke his neck? Seems like a big baby. Anyway, this king is, of course, Laius. And Oedipus has just made good on one of the predictions of that oracle. And, of course, also fulfilling that prediction that the other oracle, well, it's the same oracle, but that she made earlier to Laius as well. Two birds with one yanking down from a chariot. <laughs> Now, Oedipus obviously has zero idea what he's done. He thinks he's just killed a random dude, or maybe he knows he's a king of somewhere, but either way, he thinks he's just killed a douchebag who wouldn't share the road. Perhaps one of the first instances of road rage. I don't know that that's true, but it makes sense, so I'm going for it. Of course, one could also question why Oedipus was so chill about killing a dude just for being a dick, but of course, this is ancient Greek mythology, so we mustn't question such things. Instead, Oedipus keeps on his way, just la-di-da-di-da. But before he can get to Thebes, he encounters something pretty special. He encounters a goddamn sphinx. How cool is that? Now, of course, a sphinx is a creature with the head and chest of a woman, just chillin' boobs out. And then it's got the body of a lion and the wings of an eagle. If you think about it, it's pretty badass. And it's a she, so awesome. The Sphinx is stationed outside of Thebes as punishment for the city. Because, you know, Laius and his kidnapping slash rape, and then there was that necklace that caused the family trouble, and basically all the things lead the gods to say, hmm, these people are pretty shitty. Let's punish them by sticking the Sphinx outside and making her ask riddles before anyone can pass. It's not a traditional punishment, sure, but it is a punishment, I guess. So that's what the Sphinx is there to do. She'd ask you a riddle one particular riddle, and if you couldn't answer, she'd strangle you right then and there. Apparently there are lots of versions of what this riddle is, but the most common is, what is the creature that walks on four legs in the morning, two legs at noon, and three in the evening? Just think on that for a second. 
Can you get it? Would you be strangled? It's going to seem super obvious when I say it. Do you know it because it's famous? That doesn't count. The answer to what is the creature that walks on four legs in the morning, two legs at noon, and three legs in the evening is humans. Oedipus says man because patriarchy, but clearly it applies to all genders. So it's like you're a baby in the air quotes morning because you're crawling. And then you're an adult in the air quotes noon. So you just, you're just walking on two legs and you're elderly in the air quotes evening. So you use a cane and there's your third leg. Clever, clever, kind of. I always wish it was more of a thrilling riddle personally. If you're going to strangle someone for not knowing, it should be cooler than that. But what do I know? So Oedipus guesses correctly. Score! Even if it is sort of a really sexist answer. But I guess the Sphinx had never had someone answer correctly before because she throws herself from the cliff and no more Sphinx curse for Thebes. I just think it was pretty easy. It shouldn't have been so easy. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This summer, click into Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot and get after those outdoor projects with some serious cordless power from Ryobi. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. Leaves and debris are no match for the 40-volt power of the Ryobi leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Tidy up those flower beds and keep your walkways looking sharp with Ryobi's 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Yard work, done and done. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. Shop now at The Home Depot or homedepot.com. How doers get more done. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. So, Oedipus heads into Thebes. He doesn't mention that he killed a guy on the road on his way in. That's not pertinent info. He just says, hey, what's up? I got rid of the Sphinx for you guys. 
And he gets a pretty nice reward for knowing the answer to, again, a pretty boring riddle and subsequently getting rid of the Sphinx. But again, for really easy, it's just really easy. But yes, as a reward, he's made king of Thebes. Of course, technically he is in line for the throne, but no one knows that yet, so it doesn't really count. And of course, he's made king because the people of Thebes also had to deal with their own king being killed on the road. No one seems to ask Oedipus if he saw anything on his way in, and Oedipus doesn't ever say, Hey, weird, your king died on the road out of the city? Funny, I actually killed a guy on my way in. What, what a coincidence. But you know, details, details, this guy got rid of the Sphinx, so we make him king. And on top of being made king. Yeah, you guessed it, he's given the king's widow as his wife, because patriarchy is awful, and God, that's so weird, and I guess it's a bonus for him, and of course... Now, the second half of the prophecy has been fulfilled. But seriously, just think about how easy it would have been for Oedipus if he hadn't just lost his shit and run away from Corinth, where he had loving parents that weren't his blood relatives and who he wouldn't have had sex with and killed. Then where would you be, Oedipus? You wouldn't be a Freudian complex. You wouldn't be the most famous, gross, and weird Greek myth. You'd just be a dude who lived in Corinth. After he's been king for a little while, and of course Zero has still has zero idea that he's fully realized the prophecy, he and Jocasta have had a couple of kids. Yeah, But he's got a problem. See, there's a plague that's been ravaging Thebes. It's a real issue, and he's king now, so he's got to solve it. So Oedipus sends his brother-in-law slash uncle, gross, but he doesn't know that, to ask advice from, yes, you guessed it, the Oracle! And that's my cat. Great plan, Oedipus. I'm not even going to cut that out. So his brother-in-law, gross, Creon, heads out to Delphi to talk to the Oracle because this is the third time and the previous two times have turned out super well. In Oedipus's defense, he doesn't actually know about the original prophecy and he thinks he saved himself from the second... But we in the audience just have to watch them all make this mistake after mistake. Oracles, man. Why do we even try with them? The fun thing is, I can't think of a story where a woman goes to see an oracle. I'd like to see what happens there. Ladies stick together. So... Creon visits the oracle and he asks, what the fuck is going on with this plague? I actually wrote WTF on this script I've got for myself, but that's no fun. Okay, this cat's just meowing away. And the oracle looks at him, kind of rolls her eyes, and then says that obviously the plague is punishment. It's the result of religious pollution, whatever that means. But basically it's because the king was killed and his killer has never been caught. Because, you know, again, Oedipus doesn't even, doesn't ever say, hmm, weird, the king died on the road and I killed a guy on the road and could it possibly be in a million years the same guy? Nope, that doesn't occur to old Oedipus. So Creon heads back to Thebes, gives this news to Oedipus, and Oedipus immediately vows that he will stop at nothing to find the murderer. And when he does, he will curse him for causing this plague. Damn that murderer. Damn him. This story is a lesson in dramatic irony, my friends. 
So now Oedipus is hell-bent on finding the murderer of Laius. Where could he be? Oedipus summons the local blind prophet, as you do, whose name is Tiresias. Oedipus summons Tiresias, and Tiresias claims to know the answers to all Oedipus's questions. How lucky is that, right? But wait! He knows all the answers, but he refuses to speak! Fudge! No, instead of giving Oedipus the answers, he tells him he should really just give up on his search. So maybe Tiresias does know everything. See, Oedipus, he doesn't take this well. Not well at all. He's super pissed at Tiresias for not answering him. Just He's flipping his shit, and in his shit flipping, he accuses Tiresias of being involved in Laius' murder himself. Bad move, Oedipus. Don't go throwing stones at glass houses. A phrase I've never 100% understood, but it seems really applicable here, based on my general understanding. And, and do you know how best to use a common phrase like that? It's this way, where you explain your limited understanding. Tiresias is pretty offended that Oedipus would accuse him of being involved in Laius' murder, and he's done being nice. He tells Oedipus, Hey, dummy, you want to blame me for Laius' murder? Remember that time you killed a random dude on the road outside of Thebes? Yeah, remember? Remember how Laius was killed on the road outside of Thebes? Yeah. Two and two, man. Two and two. Honestly. Now that quote may have been paraphrased on my part. It's hard to say. Anyway, Tiresias tells Oedipus, quote, You yourself are the criminal you seek. And he adds, duh, for good measure. Oedipus doesn't see how this could be. How could it be that the two men killed on the road were one and the same? How? Nope, he won't believe that. He mocks Tiresias for being blind, which is super nice, and he decides that Tiresias is clearly a pawn and he's been paid off by Creon in an attempt to undermine him. Tiresias, pretty peeved, tells Oedipus that he is the blind one. Deep, Tiresias. Eventually he gives up on trying to reason with Oedipus and he walks away. But as he walks away, he mutters about the murderer being a native citizen of Thebes, someone who's both brother and father to his children, and son and husband to his own mother. It's pretty juicy stuff happening in Thebes. So that was part one of Mr. Oedipus and the trials and tribulations of dealing with those oracles. Tricky ladies they are. Now, frankly, I'm just counting on there being enough left of this story to make into an entire other episode because I'll just be honest with you guys. I got distracted and I forgot that I had to finish writing this and thought, meh, it's long enough already. Let's just cut it where I stopped writing and hope there's more, a whole other episode in there. And, you know, I had to read this in school, so I figure I know it well enough, and there probably is. Flying by the seat of my pants, my friends. Thank you all so much for listening. You're all beautiful human beings. I would really and truly appreciate any ratings and reviews. I read them, and they give me strength. And currently, they seem to only exist in Canada, which I think is pretty disgraceful. Rest of the world. I know you're there. I have statistics, people. Anyway, seriously, thank you everyone for listening. It's great. It's so much fun. Um, You can find me everywhere. 
Myth's Baby is the name of the game and the name of all the various socials media. Join me next week where we'll see just how bad it sucks to learn that you accidentally killed your father and married your mother in an attempt to avoid killing your father and marrying your mother. I'm Liv, and good god, I love this shit. Snag a job is where America goes to hire, with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This summer, click into Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot and get after those outdoor projects with some serious cordless power from Ryobi. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. Leaves and debris are no match for the 40-volt power of the Ryobi leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Tidy up those flower beds and keep your walkways looking sharp with Ryobi's 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Yard work, done and done. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. Shop now at The Home Depot or homedepot.com. How doers get more done. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.